Hey fellow Stockardians, welcome to another episode of the Daily Roll Show with fellow Stockardians. And today is again one of those special days. I have Simon Erickson back on the show and he brought to my surprise Steve to the show. And we're gonna have an excellent conversation about one of the most discussed topics in the stock arts community, NFT and NFT related stocks. I know Simon and Steve and the entire Seven Investing team have done significant research about this topic. That's why they're here. And uh, today is going to be fun. I've collected some of your most asked questions and I'm going to just right jump in. Let them introduce themselves one more time to you and then we get into your question. Simon and Steve, welcome to the show once again. Oh, thanks, Hoda. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Thank you. Steve, do you want to say hi to uh, to Stockardians? They know Simon from last time, but would we get to say hi to you too? Of course. Hello, I'm Steve Symington, uh, lead advisor with Seven Investing. I've worked closely with Simon for uh, the better part of the last decade, actually, but uh, helped him launch Seven Investing. So I'm excited uh, with everything that's going on, uh, but happy to be here. Excellent. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Simon. Okay, we're going to tell a stock guardians about uh, your portfolio, the honest stock card at the end of the show. But maybe before that, we're going to talk about this, this special experiment that we're going to have at the end of the show, which is publishing or minting the first ever stock card NFT. And we're going to tell you a lot about it at the end of the show. So stay around if you want to know what is a stock card NFT and how can you get it. But first, let's just start from some of the basic uh, questions about NFT. So Steve and Simon, either of you, when was the first time you heard about NFTs and what was your reaction as an investor, as an intelligent investor that always look at the fundamental stuff? How did you react when you heard people are trading NFTs? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, maybe the Kings of Leon thing was that last March or this past March, uh, I don't know, six, seven months ago. Uh, you know, I think I'd heard the term non-fungible token before, but uh, that that was maybe the first real exposure. Uh, and my reaction initially was, well, this is going to get overheated really quickly. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, maybe the inevitable supply glut is, is coming. That, that was my first thought. So that was something that I'd watch and uh, kind of be careful about uh, buying NFTs. But uh, really interesting space, though. Yeah, really. Yeah. Simon, what about you? What was your reaction when you heard about him? The first I had heard was from a fellow alumni of mine from Rice University that it was creating online digital real estate, Hoda. Mm -hmm. So this is GPS enabled, right? So if you're looking at the world uh, through a Google Glass device or like, you know, the new Facebook Ray-Ban glasses that you had, there's a dig digital signature for everywhere that you really are. And so like, just like we saw Pokemon Go catching on with this augmented reality, he was building a world where you could place digital advertisements in, in the real world for anyone who's looking at it through digital glasses. And I said, wow, that's really interesting. You can go to the University of Texas and put up advertisements that you get paid because you own that plot of real estate out there. I thought that was pretty interesting. And then really even more interesting when he told me that the way that you were actually going to buy and sell those plots of real land in this digital world were through NFTs certainly piqued my interest. Oh, wow. That That is that is by itself unique because the first time I heard it, it was all about these like trading cards and you know the apes and the um, the, the the pictures <laughs> and uh, all the avatars and Twitter. I'm like, what is going on? Why why don't I know anything about these things? And maybe I should buy them. 
All right. So was your uh, Simon, I guess we build on top on top of that. What what did your intelligence side of investing tell you about it? So when you looked at first time and you heard people are actually trading, what was your reaction in terms of, OK, should you invest in it? Did you actually ever invest it? Do you own any NFTs right now? I did not. And I did not buy, even though I tried to scrap together enough money to buy some of my favorite locations. I never I never pulled the trigger on that. Uh, but to answer your question about like investing perspective on this, you know, kind of stepping back and talking about what a non-fungible token is, it's got a unique identifier to it, right, Hoda? So this is something that's online and it's digital, but there's a way to track it as it's going through the internet. And so it's exclusive and it's individual and it's identifiable, which is something that's really unique because we've had sites like this before, right? We had eBay where you could sell Beanie Babies and people wanted the exclusive Beanie Baby but it's just a single transaction. And then after, you know, you bought your Beanie Baby for $500, you can maybe sell overseas for $500,000, depending on what the demand was, wherever it was. And you still have to be at the right place at the right time. NFT is opening up a whole new world where anything that's exclusive, you can track it over time. And the original creator of that will continue to get a cut on every transaction that takes place. And so the investor in me is like, yes, there's naturally going to be some places where this is going to be super applicable. And just like that exclusivity and, you know, that personalized thing that you want to be the owner of works so well in the 90s with eBay, we're going to see a whole new world of that because that's still part of human nature. That makes a lot of sense. Thanks for explaining that. And Steve, to your, based on what Simon said, do you believe the world of investing would embrace this sort of new way of tracking um, in monitoring ownership of different things. What are the different applications you've probably seen so far, or you believe it will become out of this whole new ways of tracking ownership through NFT? What's so interesting is it's giving people a way to track um, just a whole this whole new class of assets. Like digital assets is so, uh, it, felt, it still feels really abstract to so many people. And I think that's what's most exciting uh, about the world of NFTs is that people there, there almost seems to be some, you know, some emotional um, connection, uh, almost more in, in art to figuring out what an NFT should be worth and, and whether you want to hang on to it and how long you'd like to keep it and whether some people are thinking of it in, as an investment or, you know, maybe it's like a trading card they just can't bear to let go of. And um you know, it, it reminds me of a conversation we had uh, with Chris Mayer, the author of a book called Hundred Baggers. And he actually has a section of uh, uh, his book that says invest like an art owner. And he tells the story of a friend of his who held uh, owned a painting. And, uh, and because he wasn't pinged with the price of that painting constantly, you know, 20 years later, he said, ah, you know, I'm going to sell this, finally take it off my wallet. It's worth something like 15,000 times more than what he paid for it. And he was like, oh my God, if I'd known, probably would have sold it, you know, 20 times over the past 20 years. But uh, that's my only worry is that, uh, is that people will be pinged with the price of, of whatever they're trying to sell constantly. Uh, and we'll get, you know, some of these assets and, and you create day traders of NFTs. And, and uh, you know, we prefer to think a little bit longer term. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's definitely um, going to be embraced by the investing world as a way to kind of uh, step into a new asset class. Nice. So I guess let's just jump into that whole conversation of evaluating buying NFTs and as an investment, because a lot of people are now getting into, okay, this is another way of participating to get really 
a quick return, quick buck for some fun as well, which we've seen a lot of it in the past couple of years, example being marijuana stocks for a while, crypto for a while, all these good stuff in the past couple of years. Based on your experience on what you read, uh, is there a way to actually evaluate there is potential in any NFT. We, as you Simon, before this uh, show, you sent us, you sent us a piece of art, article about a piece of art that was sold for sixty plus million dollars. Yes. And, yeah, I mean, talk about that. And then, do you see um, basically measurable ways to evaluate the value or potential value of NFT as an investment? No, that's the beauty <laughs> of it. Actually, there is no way to justify it, right? What you're talking about is, is Beeple, you know, one of the, the top creators for NFTs selling it at an auction. He sold for $69 million an NFT that was called Every Days, the first 5,000 days. And it's a collection of digital art, right, from one of the most highly respected authors out there. And the value of this isn't just that, okay, yes, it's just a picture. I can get an image from a JPEG file or anybody else can do the same thing. It's that it's exclusive. Right. Everybody's got a picture of the Mona Lisa, but there's only one Mona Lisa hanging up in the Louvre in Paris right now. So why is that one worth millions of dollars when everybody else's picture of it is worth nothing? And it's the same idea for NFTs. There's, it's all about the, the metadata in this. It's all about the digital signature of the, of the original artist and the verification and the authentication that that is the only one. Or maybe there's a hundred of them or whatever it wants to be from the creator of it. That's what this is all about. And to try to say, oh, well, I, I, you know, an NFT is worth this much based on my discounted cash flow analysis or something. No way. This is just like auctions. You know, Picassos are going to sell for millions of dollars. My artwork is never going to sell for more than 10 cents to my own family. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I guess, discount your own artwork because I don't know if you <laughs> Gary V does this WeFriends, which is an NFT platform, and he literally doodled things out. And then also um, he's very smart and he adds this access to his conference, um, which is like a, called VCon um, or V for friends, something like that um, for the next three years. And then, so if you buy the doodle, you can also get access to his conference. So there's obviously some tangible value there, but I wouldn't discount your doodles doesn't have value because apparently people are buying Gary's, uh, Gary's uh, doodle. So <laughs> maybe something to think about. <laughs> really noted Hoda, I'll, I'll up my prices to a quarter. <laughs> All right, that's good. I'll, I'll, I'll be fair <laughs> Okay, great. So now let's just bring it back to sort of the world of investing because your audience, stock guardians, and your seven investing audience, they're all mostly stock market investors. As an investor, how do you look at the world of NFT? What is investable and what's just fine? Go ahead, Steve. You take this one first. That, so I... I personally, you know, think it, it's one of those things where if you're you're looking to invest in in say an NF, NFT pure play, that's where things can get a little bit dicey, right? Because they're going the ebbs and flows of the NFT market. Um, they're going to be interesting and, and going to be wildly volatile. And I would stay away from like really teeny micro caps, you know, that are um, that are attempting to basically solely capitalize on NFTs. But uh, there are some interesting players out there uh, that I think are investable, but not necessarily um, solely due to their participation in the NFT space, like Cloudflare comes to mind. Um, you know, the Cloudflare is, is, uh, is an interesting company. Um, 
it's, it's a non-peer play uh, in that it's a cloud platform that's focused on like cybersecurity, uh, performance, reliability, uh, leader in edge computing, has a massive CDN uh, networks that uh, basically bring its services to within a few milliseconds of pretty much any internet connected person on the planet. And, uh, you know, so what's really interesting about them is they've embraced like innovation. Uh, to continuously expand their total addressable markets. And, and uh, sure enough, one of their products, Cloudflare Stream, which is uh, uh, like a unified video streaming platform, uh, embraced, began to uh, add NFT support, I think just a few months ago. And uh, these are the sort of leaders, I think, you know, the, the big companies that are uh, kind of leaders in internet infrastructure and uh, potentially payments, um, like Square, for example, um, there, there's lots of other ones out there. Uh, I think that, that will take advantage of NFTs, but I'm, I'm really leery of, uh, of embracing pure play NFT stocks, at least at this stage. So I'll echo what Steve says. And, and, and actually, I think the second stock we should mention here is, is Square. Just like Steve pointed out, it's a larger player that's using this to enhance its own platform. If Anyone who's followed the, the news, you know, Square a couple of months ago and, and invested and bought and acquired a company called Tidal um, for $297 million, which is addressing the music industry. Steve mentioned earlier Kings of Leon recording an album digitally that's now an NFT. You can price that differently to super fans, right? If you're a band and you want to have one copy that's somebody who buys this, but in addition to getting the music, which everybody gets on Spotify, this person who buys our NFT gets a backstage pass for every concert we have. Uh, that's something exclusive you can price higher for something that used to be just kind of my, a commoditized product. I think the music industry more than anything has kind of needed some innovation in this, right? How many decades have recording artists been ripped off by record executives that kept all the money because they had all the distribution and had to go on a CD and they controlled where it was going to go out there? Well, the artist is trying to scrape up 80 cents a CD for what they're selling out there. Now with NFTs, you've got new gateways, you've got new marketplaces and new creative ways to release content that benefits, just like Napster was the first wave of this and then Spotify was, was the second wave. We've now got a third wave of ways to reward the content creators, the artists, the recording artists. Um, it's a natural fit for the music industry, I think. And we're gonna see NFTs aren't gonna be everywhere to everybody. I agree that this isn't just something that takes the world completely by storm, but you see pockets that, that need something like this. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And what is your take on some of more like direct to consumer brands that are getting into NFTs? We obviously we have all heard of sneaker heads and uh, Nike's basically this whole fan fan groups that love different kinds of uh, sneakers. And they've been very Nike and been very uh, active in the NFT space just for that audience. Or I've heard um, Basically, brand on Twitter, I believe someone, one of these investors that I follow, I don't remember the name exactly, but he was saying this is fantastic because consumer brands just realized they can pick, put a picture or like a digital version, our version of their product. They don't need to manufacture it. They don't need to distribute it. There's really literally really small cost, but people are still willing to pay for it. So do you see there is opportunity for this whole massive, sort of like the collectible side of the market, which is people just like something and they want to own it? Do you see opportunity for, for companies like Nike or, uh, you know, Budweiser, I think was another one who's just kind of getting into this market. Is that, is that 
big enough in your point of view that justifies investing in something like Nike or Budweiser or any other consumer brand. So there's two aspects to this, Hoda. There's a, there's a smaller headline grabbing aspect, which is not the most important part. And then there's the foundation of why this is a really big deal. The first of those that's catching all the headlines is crypto kitties, right? These fun little collectibles with these cats that are digitally created and they have cat attributes instead of attributes. <laughs> yes, that really was a thing, I promise. Like there, there's just kind of this goofy eBay world of like, we've moved from beanie babies to selling new goofy things directly to consumers. And I don't think that's really a big deal. It's kind of cute. It's catching some headlines. That's not the real important part of the story here. The important part of the story uh, as you've seen, as you are creating NFTs, like you mentioned earlier, is these are all built upon blockchains. And there are marketplaces where you can get into the blockchains that's facilitating the NFT itself. So if you create an NFT today, you've got to figure out which blockchain do you want to build it upon. Ethereum is one of the most popular today. There are Ethereum standards that are saying, okay, you've got to have this, you've got to have smart contracts available, you've got to have a gateway or some kind of marketplace to sell it on. You probably use JSON syntax to track where it's going around. But there's an infrastructure layer for NFTs, which is cryptocurrencies. And I think that NFTs are just another door that opens to that room of cryptocurrencies. And I think that my third stock pick, this is kind of all a segue to say, I think that the big winner from NFTs being one of those doors that opens to this is, is the development of the crypto economy. I think that Coinbase is in the perfect place to do that. You have to have a cryptocurrency wallet in order to actually buy crypto, to buy an NFT. Just the same as you have to have Bitcoin if you want to buy or sell Bitcoin or use those for transactions. You can now buy things in El Salvador using Bitcoin. It is legal tender in the country. And there are others that are following suit. There's now a lot of vendors, believe it or not, that are accepting Bitcoin as an acceptable form of payment in the United States. And so NFT, just like any vendor, just like El Salvador adoption of this is kind of the beneficiary from that may or may not be the person who goes out and buys crypto kitties. But it's, it's really the, the platforms, the exchanges that are allowing the facilitation of, of those transactions. And where your cryptocurrencies are held, where your wallets are, and where you're actually transacting, um, that's why I think Coinbase is really a big winner from all of this. Yeah, no, I love that. Sort of around the strategy of whenever you come across a new, new space, you want to go after the sort of the picks and shovels that enable that space because... The fun and excitement may or may not um, go away, but the infrastructure is being built to support all that. And there's real money is flowing into those infrastructure, which makes a lot of sense. So Steve, are you worried about, so like as investors, I guess, let me step back. As investors, we are always worried about fees, right? If you're buying ETFs, we're always looking at the fees. When we're buying the stocks, we're always looking at fees, whether there's, yeah. there's this whole Robinhood um, and free trading that came about, which we all love because we don't pay fees for it. What is, and bring back to cryptocurrency and bring it back to NFTs, so-called like gas fees are extremely expensive and it's a barrier. Um, what is your take on the fee side? Is that is that something that investors need to pay attention or is there a trend you see in terms of fees going down? Is What is your take generally on the fee side of the crypto and NFT together? I, I don't want to call it a race to the bottom, but I think we are going to see a uh, um, some highly competitive dynamics um, with different blockchains uh, and different fee structures. Now, I recall uh, one of the... the um, interviews you recently did on nfts uh, was a joel com right. um 
he was talking about, uh, I forget the name of the, the blockchain uh, that, um, that he preferred because, uh, to Ethereum, uh, because, wild. yeah, yeah, that's it. And uh, because uh, it, it had no fees. And he said sometimes the fees on Ethereum could be exorbitant depending on you know, network usage and, and what he was selling. And, and uh, so definitely something to watch for NFT buyers and sellers. And, um, you know, and, and that's, that's uh, it's going to be a concern. But I think uh, as the industry matures, uh, if we can call NFTs an industry, uh, yet, um, as it as it does mature, then uh, I, I think we see fees drift lower uh, as blockchains realize they they need to actually um, allow uh, competition, I guess, and and uh, and to attract people to their platforms. But I don't think it's as much of an issue this at this point. But uh, it will become an issue. Uh, for them, not so much for consumers. I think it'll just gradually improve over time uh, as you know, trading fees for standard equity securities have. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I guess before we jump into the, the stock picks that you've done research and you want to specifically mention about NFT, which is going to get into a stock cards NFT experiment, um, maybe we sort of want to recap um, each of you in terms of what are the general things, general advice you have or recommendations you have for investors when, are they, when they're thinking about NFT, buying, trading, or having fun with it? And if, if they are considering that as a part of just overall investment portfolio, what should they consider uh, when it comes to picking up NFTs? Perfect. Yeah. I mean, like, first, first of all, we are not qualified NFT analysts. I, I could not tell you which ones are going to make money for you or which ones you're going to lose <laughs> half of your investment on. Um, we're, we are equity analysts, right? Like, like seven investing, our job is to find the stocks that benefit from real innovative trends. This is an innovative trend. Uh, we certainly see the potential for companies like Square, you know, that have got Cash App, I've got the ecosystem. I've got a way to use this to their advantage. Um, and even, even, even Twitter, I mean, Twitter is now allowing you to tip using cryptocurrencies and, you know, kind of, you can use a profile picture that's now an NFT. I mean, stuff like that. We're trying to find publicly traded companies and see how much this is going to move the needle. Um, I think that that's probably the, the less volatile way to invest in this Hoda, you know, rather than go out and say, I'm going to go buy 20 NFTs after, after I heard Simon and Steve talk about this. Um, I think that it's much easier to quantify if you've got a much larger company that has got a game plan on how they're actually going to make some more money off of this. Yeah, well said. And I don't even know whether there's NFT analysts still. Maybe that's the job of the future. We're just creating them now <laughs> because I don't know whether there is anyone who can evaluate. You know, maybe there is some things like credibility of the person who's minting it. Maybe there is some things you could talk about, but it's very difficult to become an analyst of NFTs. Believe me, I tried. <laughs> You're the first. Put it on the business card, Hoda. I know. NFT analyst was my next job. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Steve, do you want to add anything in terms of things people need to consider if they are investing in NFTs? No. Uh, well, I think Simon summed, summed it up well. Um, you know, I think at this point, I, I also favor um, sort of safety over uh, extreme volatility. And, and I do think, you know, they're, they're, as I mentioned really early in our conversation, um, you know, I, I'm kind of concerned about the, the issue of supply. Um, 
and demand. I mean, people are going to hear about this and think I can make a bunch of money by minting a bunch of, you know, NFTs and, and, uh, you know, Simon, the, the fellow Simon interviewed before, I think had, had uh, himself minted over 500,000 NFTs and that's one person. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think it, you know, it could be about like a lot like in, you know, investing in baseball cards, right. Where most of them are worth less than a penny. And uh, you get a couple that are worth 10, 15 bucks. And then you have a couple that are worth a million dollars. And, and uh, you know, so that's, that's kind of a, it, it's a difficult thing at this stage to determine which NFTs are, you know, going to be based on something viral. Are you buying an iconic image? Are you buying something that is truly rare by a popular artist? Does the artist become popular after you purchased it? You're going to get some lucky people. You're going to hear a lot of stories about a lot of really expensive NFTs that people paid next to nothing for. And uh, I think um, one of the, the, the pieces of advice that I might offer to people is to kind of tune out that noise. Uh, it's going to be very similar to hearing your friend tell you how much they made by buying this penny stock. And they don't tell you how many tens of thousands of dollars they lost trying to find it. And uh, so be careful out there. And uh, it, it is definitely, um, you know, it's here to stay. And uh, it'll be really interesting to watch it unfold. But at this stage, I favor kind of larger companies that can um, that are that are playing a part in supporting this ecosystem and this industry. Yeah, that those are some good wise words. Thanks so much for that. Um, so. Uh, two last sort of message. One is, uh, as everybody knows, Seven Investing has their portfolio on the stock card, uh, portfolio center. Uh, last quarter, we had the first stock pick and this quarter, we have the second one. So I'm super excited because every quarter I get a chance to tell people about uh, Seven Investing and the good work that you guys are doing. So everybody who's watching, go to stock card. Stock Art Portfolio Center, check out Seven Investing's portfolio and see what is their uh, stock pick this, uh, this, month, this quarter. So that's number one. And number two, we're going to stop this video for you guys who are watching on YouTube or listening on podcasts or wherever you're getting this show. And then we're going to go to our NFT experiment. And in that experiment, which is going to be available on OpenSea, and I'm going to put the link in the show notes, you will have access to three stock picks by Simon and Steve and the pros and cons of investing in those as the first experimental stock market related NFT. So I'm super excited. I hope a lot of you guys join. Well, there will be only limited number of them available. So rush to get your own NFT. Um, but it's a good experiment. Let us know if you buy it, if you like it, if you don't like it, what can we do? Obviously, as investors in technology, forward-looking technology, we always want to do this experiment. So hopefully a lot of you stock guardians join in this uh, limited edition, seven investing stock picks, NFT related stock picks. And uh, if you watch this, thank you so much. Um, and uh, please, please let us know about what you think about the NFT experiment. So I'll say goodbye here, but hopefully you all pick up the rest of the conversation in the NFT minted version of this video with three stock picks by Simon and Steve. So Simon and Steve, say goodbye to the folks on YouTube and Spotify, and then we'll pick it back up in the NFT version. Bye guys. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having us, Oda.